0: Warning, this podcast contains strong language, graphic nudity, and depictions of extreme stupidity and is meant only for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Or not, you do you. Hi everybody, welcome back to uh, Worst Podcast on Mars. I legitimately also almost forgot our name right away, so we're off to a great start worst podcast on mars also known as invalid insights i'm one of your hosts the better one amanda
1: i am bala the demon baboon (laughs) what it is uh a character from a book by gaston laroe
0: okay so I, i get that that makes sense okay so anyway thank you for that evan um before we get started I'm remembering this time. Do you have any corrections and or grievances?
1: No, I don't think so. I'm sure you have some.
0: I always have grievances with you. Like, I don't know. It's, we don't have enough time on this podcast. So, let's just get started. Um, This week, we are talking the Phantom of the Opera soundtrack.
1: Okay.
0: Oh, Oh, we're...
1: Yeah, I oh, want I want I want to. I just want to clarify: Are we talking about the 1925 version with Lon Chaney Sr.? No. Okay. How about the 1943 version with Claude Rains? No. How about the 1962 version? No. The 1974 version, "Phantom of the Paradise," which was directed by Brian De Palma, or the version in 1989 with Robert England, or are we talking about the 1990 American miniseries with tywin lannister or the 2004 movie that one
0: sir this right now is a music podcast not a movie podcast I know everything but... you just interrupted me about are all movies and or tv series but they and... have soundtracks no no are you
1: telling me no that... stop
0: stop stop had you not been a dick and not interrupted me 33 and a half seconds in, I would have said, with my next breath, this is the soundtrack by Andrew Lloyd Webber, released in 1987, and also, comma, asshole, comma, you knew what the fucking assignment was, you just wanted to interrupt me for interruption's sake. Ding, motherfucker. Prove it. (laughs) I fucking hate you anyway so this is number 168 on that rock and roll hall of fame list my next sentence sir while there are several different versions we are focusing on the 1986 london production recording sir are you proud of yourself you couldn't even wait you just had to throw it in there Uh yes this has been done Many, many, many times. But that wasn't the focus of this. You just had to throw out facts because guess who didn't do any research for this episode? You. You. You, you didn't do any research for it because you're like, I don't know what there is to do because this is a soundtrack for a musical and I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do that stuff. Can you just carry it and I'll just listen to it and just bring my thoughts in it? Yes, I would do that. And then you had to come and interrupt me with your one thing that you found.
1: Okay. I have multiple things that I found. Like
0: $5. I am going to no nope. audio medium no nope. i okay listening at home i would like you all to know tomorrow is our anniversary <laughs> evan not giving the answer that you normally give how many years have we been married all of them how i want a number a legitimate real number how many years have we been married
1: Okay, so this so this number cannot be an imaginary, so it can't be negative one.
0: You are correct. We have not been married for negative one years. How many years have we been married? Too many. That's not a number. We've been married for 10 very long years.
1: Not yet because we got to make it through this episode.
0: I have a request for my anniversary present. I would like a pig because I don't know if you know this. Pigs eat the entire part of a human body. I just want you to know that that I know how to properly dispose of a body with the use of a pig. So if you can give me a pig for our anniversary, I'm not saying that I'm gonna feed it to feed you to it, but I'm also not saying that.
1: Speaking of pigs, I got a question for you.
0: What?
1: What do you call a pig with a missing leg?
0: I don't. I don't want the answer to this. What is it?
1: A hamputee.
0: Fuck Fuck's sake! All right, let's let's get into this because I'm sure people have already shut this off. <laughs> so, like I said, we're talking, and I, I'm just gonna go. We're talking about the 1986 London recording of the Phantom of the Op- Opera production, written by Andrew Lloyd Webber. Yes,
1: okay. sir. can we, okay, using that audio recording, can we do a broad generalization that this is his, the musical version of this that he wrote and not necessarily this one specific show, showing of it?
0: What do you mean by that?
1: Like, you're, because you're talking about that it's the London cast recording. Yes, that's the audio that we listen to, but while we're discussing it, can we are we using the entire show as a whole, are we talking this specific run?
0: The assignment was this specific recording, but here let let me just say, because there's something about that that you since you didn't do research, you wouldn't know. So it's Yes and no is the answer to your question. Okay,
1: because when you start getting into the like the um, the reception to it, you're going to have to I would think you would have to examine the entire show's run.
0: Yes. Well, let me let me just okay. I'll get into it and then we can revisit your point if we both remember it at that point. And I'm hoping side note that it's not picking up the wind chimes <laughs> that are out front, but If it does, sorry, not sorry, I don't know. It should be fine. So, okay, this musical, if you don't know, it's based on the 1911 French novel, and I'm going to butcher this because I do not speak French, La Fantôme de l'Opera by Gaston Leroux. This is, yes. So, it's, he wrote this based on this novel, and the story is... About uh, a guy who ha- has a—I don't know if the—if you say deformed face or misshapen face—or I've never read the book. I've, I'm only familiar
1: with—I—I th- I think
0: interruptions.
1: Yes, I believe that in the book he is born disfigured. In the w- version with Claude Rains. He had it with uh he had acid thrown in his face. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where the version that it was an accident. It was an accidental deformity comes from. So I've heard both versions yeah. that it that he was well, like Lady Gaga and Born This Way or he was it, like Harvey Dent.
0: Yeah. But I I've seen okay, so aside from the stage production and the 2004 movie. I've seen a couple other things of this and it's like it. I don't remember too much of what like how it happened. It, but it's it, been a
1: while since I've seen it too. Like I
0: know the 2004 film it discusses him as a child but he was already this way. So it doesn't really, you, yeah you don't really know. But anyway, it's about this guy who basically lives in underneath the opera house and falls in love with what Go is ahead. your face he falls in love with a i think she's 16 he's a he's an old man she, older older guy she's a child because that's the way things were in gross old times but it, he falls in love with her voice because she she's an orphan her father had died he falls in love with her it becomes her "Quote unquote angel of music and guides her and teaches her along the way and it's just it's this weird creepy. If you if you if you take a step back in the same vein that you know people say like, um, Beauty and the Beast is Stockholm syndrome. If you take a step back, it is a creepy ass story. Yeah, but it has such a romantic overtone to it that like people overlook the creepiness of it and it's it's a dark tale of of love and and stuff like that and that's what it, what it's about uh andrew lloyd weber took that story and created the musical of it now before i go any further do you know the difference between a musical and an opera
1: uh, opera is more sung throughout
0: opera is almost a hundred percent song and if you were to look like i know we're not really supposed to be talking about the movie for the 2004 film but there are like two or three I think spoken lines from the Phantom everything else is spoken it Is I know all of like his his parts are, are sung but an opera is almost 100% sung the story everything's sung um, so Weber's version is one of the most successful pieces of entertainment of all time produced in any media. It is officially the longest-running show in Broadway history. Now, you the other day when I mentioned that you kind of disputed it. It was at the time of whatever source I found. It is still going.
1: The source, the the, the brief information that I saw. Uh, current currently the longest-running show in Broadway history. It is the second-longest-running West End musical.
0: Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It opened in London's West End Theater in 1986 and on Broadway in 1988. It won the Olivier Award in 1986 and a Tony in 88 for Best Musical. To date, the musical has won over 50 major awards in the theater world. With this, Weber wanted to have a rock and roll sound, which can be heard through the electro pop beat and heavy metal guitars. So you hear one of the most famous songs from this is the title track, The Phantom of the Opera. And right off the bat, you've got the heavy organ, but like electric sounding organ. And you have electric guitars with that, that riff. And it's it's a recognizable sound. So he took... You don't think opera and rock guitars go together and there's an album coming up that similar vein.
1: I'm wondering if it's the same one that I'm thinking of.
0: But anyway, it's, he took this and kind of, the way I can best describe it is think of Baz Luhrmann's um, Romeo and Juliet.
1: Okay.
0: He took. An old story by Shakespeare. And everybody knows this because you, you, I think you ha- it's required. You have to study it in, like, middle school. Did I you never talk about it? I don't it?
1: think I ever did.
0: Middle school or high school. Here it was. But y- you know the story. Have you ever, like, you never read it? Read it? No. But it's, it's old, old, old English. It's hard to understand, hard to translate without really studying about it. Because language has evolved over time well in I think 95 or 6 Baz Luhrmann he took that dialogue and set it in a modern time with modern music he kept the the words of Shakespeare but just put it in modern times and that's kind of what Andrew Lloyd Webber did with this is he took the story and he didn't necessarily make a modern twist on it setting it in modern times, because it takes place in Paris in the early 1900s. But the music set to it was more modern. The music he wrote to to move the story along was more modern. And it it's something that, like, if you are a theater kid or a, a mu- music kid of any kind, like, you know this stuff. It's just, it's timeless. Yes, your uh, hand w- is raised.
1: Yes, audio medium, you can't see my hand is raised. Uh, I'd like to point out two things. Yes. I want to make sure that we note uh, Richard Stilgo. Okay. Who worked with Andrew Lloyd Webber in 84 for Starlight Express. It was another one of his musicals. He wrote most of the original lyrics mm-hmm. for Phantom. And then Charles Hart uh, actually rewrote most of the lyrics. So it, I want to make sure that They get their credit, and it's not just Andrew Lloyd Webber. Because that, when you think this, you think Andrew Lloyd Webber, you don't think the other people that had a part.
0: So do you just want to, like, interrupt me to make sure that your stuff gets said instead of waiting to make sure that I didn't have it? No. Is Is that how this works? Um... So moving on with that idea, in 1990, Weber was sued by songwriter Ray Rep, with Rep alleging that Weber had plagiarized the Phantom of the Opera melody from a 1978 song. A judge ruled in Weber's favor in 1994, and in 92, Pink Floyd songwriter Roger Waters claimed Weber also plagiarized the Phantom of the Opera from Pink Floyd's Echoes. Waters claimed that the song used the same time signature, structure, and notes. However, he also went on to say that life's too long to bother with suing Andrew fucking Lloyd Webber. Instead, Waters retaliated by calling the Phantom mediocre and wrote a song attacking Webber. In this song titled Miracle, Waters sings the line, It's a miracle we cower in our shelters with, hands over, with our hands over our ears. Lloyd Webber's awful stuff runs for years and years and years. So, um... I find that I, I'm not I'm not taking either side. I'm gonna say that right now. I'm not taking either side, but his claim that he used the same time signature structure and notes. Music is very limited in the time structure there the, the time signature structure and notes. You only have so many of them, you know, and you have so many keys and stuff that works together.
1: Like a donkey. <sighs>
0: So it's just like I said I'm not taking either side but I just shit sounds like other shit. Yeah. It is what it is. But I mean, could he have, could Andrew Lloyd Webber have thrown a little like thank you to Pink Floyd maybe, but I he didn't he didn't go through a lawsuit. So that is what it is. But before I get into like why this is so big, do you have anything else you want to say?
1: Uh I have two more... Th- well, one more thing about the lyrics and then one more thing about it as a whole. Uh, do you know who else he approached to help write the lyrics? mm Jim Steinman. Okay. Do you know that name? No. Bat Out of Hell. Oh, really? So you can... You want to talk about... It's, it's not necessarily an opera, but Bat Out of Hell is kind of the same way. It's this... It's a, it's like this grand piece that you, that there's like mm-hmm. a front and center organ at the beginning of it. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that I want to go into: Did you know that this is not the first? Other than like, so we talked. I briefly brought up the Brian De Palma one. That's more of a parody. This is there is a, another musical version of Phantom of the Opera. Really, before Andrew Lloyd Webber. It was uh, Ken Hill uh, staged his first version of *Phantom of the Opera* at Duke's Play Duke's Playhouse in Lancaster in 1976.
0: Okay, that's interesting. So I, I don't know,
1: know how much he pulled from that. I think that I saw that Weber watched the version with Lon Chaney and the version with Claude Rains, and they really couldn't work with any of either of those material wise to to fit the vision
0: it's interesting so okay your earlier question was remind me again what what that was it was asking specifically the london production
1: are we talking are we talking the london production or are we talking the phantom of the opera as a whole
0: okay so here's why i said i wasn't sure how to answer that. i'm going to read my whole thing and then we can we can dive into it a little more so in January of 1986, the title track The Phantom of the Opera was released as a single as a way to promote the upcoming musical.
1: This this Okay, so it had not been re- it had not been performed.
0: So do you you probably don't know a lot about I'm going to say Broadway world. So they they go through when they with it like they decide the show, they get the script, they you know, audition their people. Once they get their people set, then you have I think they do like some previews, but it's never it's not officially released to the public right away.
1: Okay, so the version of the song that was released was not the London cast.
0: Hold on. Okay. Let me get to it. So what they did with this, they knew who their Christine was. Okay. Which is the the lead female. Okay. At the time they did not know who the phantom was going to be so they brought in this version okay let me just say my notes this version was a duet between the original productions christine played by sarah brightman do you know that name
1: yes she was in repo the genetic opera
0: yes she played blind maggie and i was hoping you would remember that mm-hmm. do you know yeah she was also married to andrew lloyd Webber. I say
1: she got the part because she fucked the director
0: <laughs> but her voice is very, very yeah. good. Um, she had the range. So, anyway. the Phantom of the Opera had the original Christine, played by Sarah. But not the original Phantom of Michael Crawford. This single featured Steve Harley, who was replaced by Crawford just days before the cast list was made public. So, they what, what they did is they brought in Steve Harley. And... It wasn't necessarily his audition. His voice was very good, and they um, recorded this, released it as like part of their media promotion for the the opening of the stage production. But they didn't like Harley as Phantom. On stage, they wanted Michael Crawford, so it was a little, little weird. That that that's why I'm saying it's not, it's not truly.
1: Yeah, so it's, because it's, it's got a different fan. It's the, it's a demo version. Yeah, that they kind, released. Kind of. Yeah. It's it was yeah. It's it's just weird though that you you hear singles released and you and you think that it's the. Yeah full-fledged production of what you expect that song to be and then you realize that it's a demo right essentially
0: so this is the first it's not the only soundtrack on our list this is the first soundtrack we talked about but i think this is the only soundtrack on our list that is a musical it's not a movie based soundtrack
1: uh greece
0: i would say is. We haven't gotten to it yet because I don't... I mean, Olivia Newton-John and John Travolta were not in the production of Grease on stage. They were for the movie. So when we get to that many episodes down the line, we'll, you know, we'll have to talk about it, but...
1: Um.
0: Okay, we don't need to um and figure out every single one. Point is, it's weird. So why... why the The whole question is, why is a musical soundtrack on this list why is it so important you know what did it do because we we've talked about major albums by major bands and what they've done for music like why they're still popular and that kind of stuff well this is this one was so odd and so influential because at you know it they used a single from it to promote and it went, it became a top 10 hit in the UK, peaking at number seven and remained on the charts for 10 weeks. So most soundtracks, they have songs, not, let's say 90% of it is from other artists. It's that they, unoriginal material. Yes, it's not written for that movie. And then you have maybe one or two songs written for that. That's That are released to the public. Others just like instrumental fillers or something like that. Like the that. score. Yeah, the score. So it... This was, it was a little different, because this is straight up from the production, written for the production, released to the public, and charted. Um, The original cast recording was the first in British musical history to enter the charts at number one, and by 1996, four million copies of the soundtrack were sold in the U.S. alone. Yes, sir, with your hand raised in the back.
1: It was the first soundtrack to enter at number one?
0: First in British music. It, yeah, I would think so. It says okay. the original cast recording was the first in British mu- British musical history.
1: Okay. Cuz I would the way that that's worded as I would assume like a Beatles album released at number 1. So if we're I think we're going to have to say that it was the first soundtrack. I
0: would I would think so. Yeah. I mean, assuming it's I don't like necessarily like the soundtrack because when you say soundtrack you think movie this wasn't a movie but it is it's and i'll talk more about this in my personal reviews it's the show it's the entire show so it's it's not necessarily the soundtrack you get just the show without watching it you know yeah so that being said you did listen to it Mm -hmm. yes yes would you like to take a pause so you can drink Okay, so uh, since you just shoved a piece of candy in your mouth, I guess I'll say my reviews. Surprise, surprise, I know every word to every song off this album. I've seen the 2004 version literally, not an exaggeration, about a thousand times. I've seen a production in London, and I've watched a few of the other movie versions of the fandom that weren't the musical, so I know the story well. Um, One thing I really like about this album, and the reason I believe it was so popular, is that it's almost... 100 percent, the stage production from beginning to end so it allows the listener to relive that experience they saw in real life um before i continue you've you've watched the 2004 movie yes have you seen anything else
1: you've, uh, you've
0: never seen this in in life
1: no but i think i've watched the Lon cheney version
0: oh yeah i think we watched that
1: and i th- well i think it's in our universal collection mm-hmm. And I believe we've seen the one with Freddy Krueger.
0: Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah we did.
1: Uh, Molly Shannon's in that.
0: Yeah. Um, I think you are not a fan of musicals, aside from Repo.
1: Well, musical or opera?
0: Stage productions where people sing.
1: I I don't have a... Okay. For for lack of better words, we'll say you're right, but I don't think you are.
0: It's it's entertaining, and it, it is so good. It's it, I I'm a big fan of theater and musicals, and you know seeing seeing performances. Good thing your name's not Lincoln, then. Oh Jesus Christ! And I I've seen a few things. I was fortunate to see this production in London. It was not the original because when this came out, I was three but it's i was waiting for you to fight my math on that um but i i have seen it in the west end in london and it it is so so good it's just a different experience and um but that being said i don't care for this particular album (laughs) Um, when we talked sergeant peppers you mentioned that you preferred Eddie Izzard's version of being for the benefit of Mr. Kite from across the universe better than the Beatles version and that's the same for me here I prefer the voices of Emmy Rossum Gerard Butler and Patrick Wilson who in the 2004 movie played Christine the Phantom and Raoul over the stars of the stage production production it it's just personal preference they're they're not bad but it's I'm gonna say something here and you you're gonna understand it because you've heard me say this kay. for years. I don't prefer Sarah Brightman's voice in the same way that I don't like rush I don't I don't I don't care for the voice okay you know it's just it's just my ears don't like it it's not I'm not saying and i I've, I've told you this it's I'm not saying they're bad i just it's not something that sounds good to me she's very talented my ears just don't like it
1: okay
0: but so uh, that being <laughs> that being done i would give a lot higher rating if we were listening to the movie soundtrack rather than the stage i know that was not the assignment but that's personal preference yeah you I know get it. so my favorite songs are you are you playing a guess here or no it's i'm assuming all of it is it because that i walked in when you were listening to it today and just started singing along with everything
1: no it's because i you know me well i this one's a little bit harder for me to pay to differentiate the songs Mm -hmm. between i mean it's all it's all one it's Mm -hmm. all it all blends together
0: yeah so my favorite songs are the Phantom of the Opera, which has, it, you may not, you may not be able to say that is from the Phantom of the Opera, but you would, you would recognize the organ opening it. Like, cause that is, that's a famous sound, especially around Halloween, just as like the Halloween theme is, or, you know, it's, if you were to just pick a random like, Halloween sounds, soundtrack off of, like, some, like, Spotify or some shit, and they played that, like, you would recognize it, but...
1: I might recognize it, but I might not know, know why it. I recognize it. Yes,
0: yeah. Okay. So, anyway, The Phantom of the Opera, Music of the Night, Masquerade, Point of No Return. Okay. Honorable Mentions, The Overture, and All I Ask of You. Because it's... I like them. I could sing them. I could annoyingly sing them Yes, too. you could. But, eh.
1: Okay so we need your grade
0: this soundtrack
1: yes the assignment is what is this album specifically
0: i give it a c just because of meh okay ask me about the movie soundtrack (laughs) a (laughs) plus 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 okay continue okay do your reviews
1: so i'm gonna go on a tirade so i'm gonna need a drink and you are probably gonna need a drink when i am done
0: Alcohol or none? Alcohol. Jesus Christ. Is it that bad? I mean, I knew you were you were not going to like this. Like, last week when I told you we were doing it, I knew this was going to be miserable for you. But I didn't think it would. Inv- I would need to, like, shove it down with alcohol.
1: And again, I'm going to ask that you let me go. And then, once I am all done, you can... You'll need a notepad so you'll have multiple questions to ask okay mm-hmm. so the assignment is this specific album yeah correct yes okay i'm going to give you my review first or my letter grade first it's not phrased as a question
0: that's <laughs> <laughs> the the way we do it is review within grade
1: okay i have to figure out how to word this Because the album itself, like, the quality of the album is not bad. Mm -hmm. This album is audio porn. You have... (laughs) Hold on.
0: We're going on a journey. (laughs) Yes.
1: Yes, we are. We're going on a journey to the center of the earth. So, this album exists in two forms this is this exists and there is also a visual element to this yes it's like audio porn yes you have a you understand the sensation behind it and you get you get all these feelings from it but without the visual aspect of this album it doesn't work and I'm going to, I, I wrote this down in my comparison. It's Pink Floyd's The Wall. The Wall works as an album.
0: <laughs> okay. I sadly understand exactly what you're trying to say.
1: So it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> the, and we'll, we'll get to this more when this album comes up, because I believe it's on the list. The Wall, Pink Floyd's The Wall. There's a movie And there's an album. Yeah. The album works as an album. It also works as a soundtrack. Okay. Because you do not... The movie enhances the album, but is not required for the album. Mm -hmm. For you to enjoy the album. This feels like you need the visual... It's better it. if
0: you if you understand the story so you understand what is happening at certain points because, okay, so like I walked in and Prima Donna was playing and I knew exactly what was happening. Like I could see the scenes in my head. Like, mind. like yes. I said, you, you, it, yeah. works, okay. no, it works you're right.
1: as an audio, but if you have the visual with it, like, like I said, with, with the audio porn, you have the, the audio, you know what's happening, you know what's going on, you can get your pleasure from it but if you don't see it you know what i mean
0: uh, i think it works it works better if you have seen it so you can replay it if, if versus this, you just trying to listen to it without seeing you, no, if it this album
1: sense. if you told me this album was released by dream theater or released by rush and it was a or symphony x and it's a standalone album it's a it's a standalone concept album about a fucking ninja turtle because he lives under <laughs> under the opera house with a mask if you tell me that is that is what the al- if you tell me that that is what the album is, I can get on board with it because it, it works as a, it works as an album but because this album because it works is such a this is an audio medium. Because we don't have the visual medium to go with it, it does not work as an album for me. So therefore based on the information that I have in front of me, because I just I do not have the visual aspect. I don't know there. I don't know of a letter grade and it, it, it'll make sense. I would have to give it an F only because it is incomplete. You turned in this album. Incomplete to me. I cannot give it a passing grade. If you turn in this album to me. With a different. if With a different artist to it. And I don't need the visual for it. It's fine.
0: Okay. But. Okay. You have. So you have seen the movie. Yes. So let's say this was. For the movie. What would you give it?
1: I'd still give it. It, it, based on because I, you need to have the beca- movie. Yes. It does not work as a standalone album. I think it I think it it does not work as a standalone album the way The Wall would work as a standalone album because it's so connected to a visual element.
0: Okay. You know, I don't agree with your letter grade, but that's because it, like I'm into stuff like yeah, this, which is fine. But your logic, I if it, I understand your logic, it, yeah,
1: because this album version specifically is incomplete. I cannot you you turn this in. You turn in half of the assignment. You're not gonna get an A. You're the best. You're gonna get even if you do your even if you do your half perfectly. The best you're gonna get if you turn in half of the assignment is a fifty percent. Now, you tell me that this is. You take, you release it by somebody else, like I said, a concept album, and you don't need that visual aspect to it. Like let's say, like I said, Dream Theater releases this and says, "Okay, here's our storyline for this album." Mm-hmm. You know, it's a two-disc set, it's a double album. Here's the story. Like, um, oh, what is it? I think this the astonishing is their main concept album or. Scenes from a Memory or Six Degrees of Inner Turbulence. They're not, they're not as long as this, but there's a there's a distinct sto- beginning, middle, end. Mm-hmm. If it was released in that form, it gets a B. You know, mm-hmm. it's a solid album. There's nothing wrong with the quality of the album itself, but because it is missing a vital piece to enjoy it does that make any sense
0: mm-hmm. yeah it does I mean so
1: I mean the, the logic's there I mean it's it's not I, I can't I mean the if I was being generous and it gave me and I gave, gave it extra credit it would go it could go up to a D minus but there's such an integral part of it missing
0: mm-hmm. so you're not I, I get it and you're not attacking you're not attacking. Andrew Lloyd Webber or what he's done for the musical community and you're not attacking the show itself you're just saying as presented as an album
1: as presented as an album yeah that there's that like I said there's a visual aspect of it that we don't have yeah. and I can't I can't grade it high.
0: okay I mean for those at home that are disagreeing with him and need to find him, you can find him on Instagram at Mars <laughs> and attack him there. <laughs> so, okay, we need to move on. <laughs> yeah, and that took way too long. It did, and also I'm getting really hungry. So, like, I can hear my stomach growling. So we need to get the final thoughts and everything. I will go first because I always go first. <laughs> so, again... I prefer the voices from the movie soundtrack. However, I love the music overall. There's a lot of like songs from musicals that I love. It's fun to sing. It's fun to play. I've played a couple of these in band, you know, and it's fun. Uh, The show is so amazing. If even if you weren't a fan of musicals, I would recommend it. Like, I think I know there are some people that you like what you like and that, that that's fine. But I think you should, every once in a while, step out of your comfort zone and experience something that you are not familiar with. This would be a great one to do. I mean, the music, not not all the songs, but the music is rock-centered. It's got a good story to it. There's action, there's a chandelier crashing. And to see that done live, that is so cool, the way they do it. It's just, I appreciate everything about it. So I would recommend it. And fun fact for you, um, because you don't, you know the story, but you don't really know the story. So the stage production ends with the chandelier crashing.
1: Okay.
0: And in the. Wait, do I have it backwards?
1: Because I think that's the intermission.
0: The stage production has the chandelier crashing at intermission. And then. It's the movie ends with the chandelier crashing. So in the movie, they had to change some of the lyrics for masquerade because they they talk about the new chandelier in the stage that's right. they talk about the new chandelier in the song in the stage production, but because for the movie, they set it up at the end of it to start the fire. they had to change the words from new chandelier to the friends that are here. And so it, they tweaked it a little bit. It's a little different. but for the movie, as you pointed out, who directed it?
1: <laughs> Joel Schumacher.
0: Who also did.
1: Uh, which Batman did he do? Returns. No, that's Tim Burton.
0: Tim Burton. Batman Forever.
1: I don't know. Maybe just for a little bit.
0: The one with nipples or without?
1: I think they both had nipples. I don't know. But I'm wondering, since uh, Robert Butler's already got the mask, if he's just running around stage going, I'm Phantom. Oh,
0: Jesus fucking Christ. All right. Your final thoughts.
1: Uh, despite what my review made it seem i did not hate it you mm-hmm. know i would if i had the opportunity i would go see it on broadway i'd go see it in london
0: question for you and i'm sorry i'm interrupting your final thoughts but i Dang. just thought of something you know um there are a couple songs that have overlapping lyrics it's not not necessarily overlapping voices but you have like um Dead i think there past the well i'm trying to think of which specific song it is but you have christine and raul are singing or christine and phantom are saying you have like two characters are singing and they have different lyrics that are overlapping each other and then you have the phantom come in i think and God, i wish i remembered exactly
1: says the person who's seen this movie a and thousand I know, times no jesus
0: but... shut up um you have three or more characters singing Three or more different lines overlapping, so it's you, like because you follow the lyrics when you are listening to these and I, things, and you, you were having a hard time figuring that out. So you know, going back to your point on the Beatles, when you said there was nothing to keep going back yeah. to, 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 to like this is a little different. Yeah, because there's, it, there's there's this, multiple. Every it, time you listen to it, you have to focus in on one line to get. Yeah, started. you
1: have to you have to focus in on one voice. And there's
0: a word for there's a musical term for that, and I can't think of what it is, but so. Mayors uh okay, sorry continue.
1: So yeah, I don't I don't hate it mm-hmm. you know it, it's just like I said, it's just the way that this specific version is presented
0: mm-hmm. So sources internet you contributed so yes, okay I'm not even gonna argue with this this time um so my sources. Um, thank you to the Phantom of the Opera on com. Thank you to Phantom of the Opera song on wikiwand.com. Wiki what? Wand. Like Harry Potter's like wand. wikiwand. Oh my god, you did not just... That's, that's NSFW right there.
1: But uh, it's an audio medium, so it's okay.
0: Thank you to Phantom of the Opera from concordtheatricals.com. And thank you to Pink Floyd. Was the Phantom of the Opera stolen from them by... Matthew, I'm going to butcher this. I'm going to spell it out. T-R-Z-C-I-N-S-K-I. Traczynski? Probably. On April 25th, 2020 on Cheat CheatSheet.com. You have any recommendations?
1: No.
0: I'm going to say my recommendation is, like I said before, Oh, my God. No, go ahead. Something.
1: I had one, but I, I just thought of one. But go ahead. I have to figure out what it was.
0: I'm going to say step out of your comfort zone and try something di- different. Like, like I said, this is a good place to start with musicals. And I keep trying to get you to do musicals because I love them so much.
1: I don't have a problem with musicals.
0: You, it's not
1: my thing, but I don't have a problem with it.
0: Well, there's a difference between watching it and playing on your phone while the movie's going. You're not really watching it, you're just in the room, occasionally hearing things. But
1: I I'm not a fan of your musicals. You know, I'm not a fan of hairspray. I'm not a fan of grease. I that's not that's more 50s centered. Like Rocky Horror, Rock of Ages, those are okay because it's more my type of music, along with it,
0: but there are so many musicals out there. Hamilton didn't hate it, but you won't watch it again.
1: No, but I won't. There, it's very rare that I would see a live performance a second time. Mm-hmm. And it's.
0: Did you go with me to see Wicked? No. Okay, can't remember. It's it's good. It's it's such a good one, but whatever you suck so now your recommendation
1: my recommendation is if you start a podcast make sure you do it with somebody who will do all the research for you so you could just show up day of and say okay i'm here i did my part i hate you i know
0: i'm gonna name my pig. anniversary i'm gonna name my pig um piglets too obvious what should i name my pig
1: I don't know, but I can tell you where he's going to go to school when he grows up.
0: If you say Hogwarts, I'm going to punch you in the nuts. Yep. (laughs) Great. All right, moving on. So this day in history. Okay. Today is May 25th. In 1965, blues harmonica player, singer, and songwriter Sonny Boy Williamson died in his sleep his songs have been covered by van morrison aerosmith the who the animals yardbirds and moody blues according to led zeppelin Sonny boy set his hotel room on fire while trying to cook a rabbit in a coffee percolator
1: do you know any of his songs though
0: not offhand but i'm sure if we played them okay we'd we would recognize them but i just that was on there and i wasn't going to put it until i saw the note about the rabbit in a coffee percolator and i thought that was kind of funny may 25th 1968 Simon and Garfunkel's album, *Bookends* hit number one in the U.S., their second to do so. This album included A Hazy Shade of Winter and Mrs. Robinson. In 1969, The Who and Led Zeppelin appeared at the Meriwether Post Pavilion, Columbia, Maryland. This appearance was the only time the two groups appeared together with Zeppelin opening the show. Also, the band's name was misspelled on the tickets.
1: Um... I believe... The other interesting thing about that... Uh, do you know where the Led Zeppelin got their name? Hmm. I believe it's from Keith Moon. You know who that is? Yeah. Uh, he said their performance went down like a lead balloon. Or something to that effect.
0: Yeah. And a Zeppelin is a giant a dirigible. Dirigible. Um, But, so they're...
1: Irritable, dirigible.
0: No, oh my God. The ticket's had their misspelling of the name so they put an a in lead 1978 after seeing the hype in dublin paul McGuinness signed on to become the band's manager this band do you know who the hype is they're still around today you too Yep. i was gonna my next clue was forcibly putting music on people's iphones in 1985 dire strait scored their second number one hit in the uk with brothers in arms or sorry not number one hit album okay uh this album was one of the first to be directed at the cd market and was a full digital recording at a time when most popular music was recorded on analog equipment
1: is that the is that the blue cover i don't know okay i think that's what that is in
0: 1995 the earliest known recording of mick jagger and keith richards sold at auction at christie's in london for 85 thousand four hundred twenty five dollars do you know how old it was Or like, can you give me the year?
1: 62?
0: 61, you were close. In 1997, a report showed that Elvis Presley was now the world's best-selling posthumous entertainer with worldwide sales of over $1 over 480 active fan clubs, and an estimated 250,000 UK fans who still buy his records. However, Elvis died owing $3 million. To who? Doesn't say. And 2005, the Alameda County Sheriff's Office in California officially closed the stabbing case of Meredith Hunter, the 18-year-old who was killed at the 1969 Rolling Stones Altamont Free Concert. Investigators dismissed the idea that a second Hell's Angel took part in the stabbing. That's
1: what I I thought it was the Hell's Mm -hmm. Angel thing, because I I know of that story a little bit.
0: Okay, so birthdays.
1: I have a couple things to add real quick. Yeah. On this day... Dio's album, Holy Diver, their debut studio album, released in 1983. Slipknot's Volume 3, The Subliminal Verses, on this day in 2004. And Sabaton's Carolus Rex. Uh, it's a concept album based on the rise and fall of the Swedish Empire, whose monarch Charles XII gives it its title, was released in 2012.
0: Okie dokie okay moving on birthdays hal david nope american songwriter pianist and arranger who worked on many songs with burt Bacharach.
1: okay i know that second name mm-hmm. he has a card game named after him
0: okay give me a year 32 1921 tom hall and Oates. <laughs> Country music singer-songwriter. He became known as the storyteller due to his storytelling skills in his songwriting. 22. 1936. John Palmer.
1: Emerson Lincoln Palmer?
0: Uh, No. English rock musician from family. Hit songs include In My Own Time and My Friend the Sun. 42. 43. We're close. Klaus Mine. Member of the German band Scorpions. The Scorpions hold the record for the best-selling single by a German artist and band.
1: I might have to fight you on that. I think they're Austrian. Dave, do you know how long Scorpions have been around? A while. Since the late 60s.
0: Because of how old he is, I would agree with that. So, 43? 48. Gene Millington. Nope. Member of the all-female band Fanny from the 1970s. They were one of the first notable all-female rock groups. I don't know.
1: 1950.
0: Robert Steinhardt.
1: I think I know that name, but I don't know why.
0: You're from the state. Denial. (laughs) He's a member of Kansas. Okay. 1950. Chuck Ruff. Drummer for the Edgar Winter Group.
1: Oh, okay. I know that name. I guess they are German. I thought they were Austrian.
0: Suck it, bitch. Okay, give me a date for this.
1: 1911. I wasn't paying attention to where we were at.
0: 1951. Jody Porter.
1: Nope.
0: He's the lead guitarist for Fountains of Wayne. Do you know them? Stacy's mom.
1: That's actually on Guitar Hero Van Halen, which... Go figure that one out. Okay. Okay uh is he dead is he the one who died
0: i don't i don't know you're right there is one that died i don't, I don't, I don't remember know who it is 53 1969
1: lauren hill i know that name uh,
0: singer songwriter and rapper
1: bougies yep, yep she did
0: she did a solo she like her solo album was really well i think
1: that's on this list i think so 73
0: 75 and joe king he's the guitarist and vocalist for the gray You would recognize the song, How to Save a Life.
1: I don't know, but I don't think he's ever been serious in his life.
0: Just give me a year so we can move on. 78. 1980. Do you have anything else to say before we go and make dinner?
1: Yeah, I'm hungry.
0: Great. So, thank you for listening. Would you like to thank people for listening?
1: No. Because I don't think anybody's listening Good to jackass.
0: us. <sighs> Find us on Instagram and Twitter at Mars, and send us an email at uh, WorstPodOnMars at gmail.com. Reach out to us. Tell us what Evan could do better. Everything. <laughs> Come back next week. We're t- what?
1: Send us suggestions for the name for the pig.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Come back next week when we talk Queens and Night at the Opera. Bye-bye.
1: Where's the stop button?
0: (laughs) Just hit stop.
1: I'm trying to. I don't know where the stop button is.